you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. That's right. And this one is actually heartbreaking news. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I really need to like, do I need to almost use the I'm a file a police report, you know, soundbite. Because I feel like I had to do that, but I love these people. So it was hard for me to really pull the trigger like that. But um, here's bust this. So according to the neighborhood talk, but they got it from People. So according to People magazine and the neighborhood talk, the cast of Family Matters, right? Um, Carl, Harriet, Laura, you know what I'm saying? They was all on the red carpet at the recent '90s Con, right? There's an event called oh, '90s Con. '90s Con, cool. what? '90s Con. They were all on there. That's such cute. <laughs> but but Jaleel White, who plays Steve Urkel, was not there with them, right? Wow. Listen to what they had to say. Love you, Jaleel. You're wonderful. Sorry you're not here. We miss you. Oh, I mean, you know, I talk to him, so he knows I love his crazy. I would say, you know what, baby, I still love you. You know, we, we as we grow, we learn, we, we change. You know what I'm saying? And and we get it. We get a little, a little more accepting of life and everything and all. And I would like to say, if you were here and I could hug you, I would, because I don't hold anything and I don't want you to hold anything either. I still love you. I still see you as that little boy that you were. You're 12 years old. You came to this show. I'm still the same child. Oh. Seems like something going on. Yeah. Now, what the hell is going on? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, you see, when I start to use the, uh, hi, everyone, I want to file a police report. I start to use that sound, right? <laughs> but I did, I couldn't do that to them because they are beloved, okay, in my home and in my heart. <laughs> but what the hell is going on? What they did to Steve Urkel? I want to know. Because <laughs> it sounded like did? they had a lot of explaining to do. Carl talking about, uh, uh, you know, hey, Steve, send love, Steve. Laura talking about, well, I still talk to him all the time. So I'm, you know, she trying to save her ass and separate herself <laughs> from whatever the bullshit is. And Harriet, the one who, you know, older black women and people, you know, they really don't give a fuck. They didn't pay their dues and been, <laughs> life ain't been no crystal staircase. So at a certain point of living, you just say how the fuck you feel about shit. And you see, she started talking too much. You know, I tell her. <laughs> You know, hey, I don't want you to carry much. anything. Uh, I love him. Just like he was a 12-year-old little boy on set. And uh, <laughs> I love him. I don't want him to carry anything. And I'm not going to carry anything. Still love you. To this day, like a 12-year-old boy on set. 
What did Damn, you do? Damn, I want to know what happened. What happened I want to know what Urkel? happened. I don't know, but Steve Urkel, you are more than welcome to come on the friend zone, okay? <laughs> no, and you, you can tell didn't. your side of the story. We can get down <laughs> to the bottom White. of this shit here, Jaleel, because we want to know what happened for <laughs> real, Jaleel. okay? Jaleel. So that being said, I want to welcome everybody to the friend zone. We're weekly looking at all things <laughs> mental wealth, mental hygiene, and mental wellness, because who in the hell? Wanting to end up in the dark on what really was going on on Family Matters set. I want to know what happened personally. I know, see, okay? And I love that show, and I feel like I deserve many episodes as I watched, as many hours I didn't clocked, okay, <laughs> watching that damn show. Right. I want to know you what happened. <laughs> How y'all doing? Hey, friend. Hey, Sante. How y'all doing? Better than the Good. cast of Family Matters, huh? <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Also, before we take one more step further, today is Tuesday, September 19th. September 19th is the birthday of one of my best friends, Frank Watson. Uh, we love today. you, Frank. Yes, we Loved. do. Love you too. Like you love you like you're still here. Uh, mm-hmm. And today would have been his 40th birthday. It would have turned the a big, big 4-0. So, you know, we would have been somewhere. It would have been this, a big... <laughs> we were party this weekend that just went by. So at this mm-hmm. point today, we had either been on a vacation somewhere or maybe somewhere, <laughs> you know, in a hospital bed getting an IV drip or something because we had been exhausted. <laughs> but uh, we really would have went there um, for his birthday. And so much love to Frank Watson. We celebrate your memory. We lift your memory. Uh, we miss you and we love you. That being said, what the fuck is going on on Family Matters? Like, who did it? <laughs> Not I want to know. Back. I don't know. Maybe Jaguar Wright gonna come out of nowhere with it. Her lying ass. You see her uh, <laughs> reaching. She really pissed me off. I know we on a time <laughs> schedule, but she really gotta be careful with the shit she be talking and saying about people trying to connect mm-hmm. deaths to people mm-hmm. and shit. Like, what, oh, are you, what the hell are you even talking about? And get away from me with that dark ass energy and shit. Like, you, you don't get your bald headed ass the fuck away from me talking that shit. Scoop ball. Get your ass the fuck away from me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that anyone actually like. Do people listen and actually no. think that is true, or are they it's, just watching because it's funny? You never know what's gonna come out of her mouth. I feel know, like that's the entertainment value. They want to believe shit like that about people. The things that she says about people are the are the rumors and folklore that circulate about you know celebrities, and people want to believe that red, that crazy ass shit. Well, yeah, of course. That she's spewing out of her damn cigarette butt ass mouth. <laughs> I, I I cannot, and I really love her music too. So it just that breaks my heart to see her just acting a damn fool like she is. But I, what she said was just so harmful, and I'm like, bitch, you talking about people? Which time? Whose lives? Right. Like, yes, the like, people's I've kids is like alive and different... shit. She was saying that all yeah. these deaths were attached to somebody. I don't even want to repeat that garbage. But like, what she was saying was just wild as fuck, and it was connected mm. to people that are still alive and very much connected to the deaths of those people that she mentioned. So it was just in really, really poor taste, like dirt poor mm. taste. Um, so, anyways, we can move on from her and her, you know, potty mouth. <laughs> All right. How were your weekends? What you guys do? I was in LA. Shout out to Glad. Um, I was a, a featured speaker That's at right. the tell us that. Yeah. First annual Black Queer Creative Summit. Um, shout out to Deshaun yes. Usher and all of the um players involved in making that happen. I was spoke on a great panel. Um, shout out to Ryan Mitchell, shout out to um yes. shout out to Travel Anderson, the beautiful Raquel yes. Willis. Uh, yes. we had a oh. great, great panel. Yes. Um, great panel, Shar, um, Shar Jacelles yeah. in the audience. Oh, Check okay. and paid. Shout out to my boy, my esthetician Shane. 
uh, which we're going to actually have him on the show, Skin by Shane, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was lots of people in the audience, and we had a great panel. So it was great to be there. A big, huge party. Kid Fury came. It was That's a lot, so cool. lots of Did us. you we see Cheska Lee? I did she not. Was there. Yeah, I did see so Cheska wow. Lee, and I saw yep. everybody. Everybody. Yeah, she was I didn't speaking see there, her. too. Oh, I'm, I'm sad y'all missed each other, but congratulations. That's really thank huge. You. Yes, thank That's you. I had exciting. a good time. My outfit turned out good, so I was in a good mood. You Speaking know how when of, your clothes work out, you'd be like, all right, bet. <laughs> it looked like I thought it was going to look in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does he call himself? Ryan Slay Mitchell? The Slay Guy. Hell the yeah. The Slay Guy. Yes. Always has such a cute outfit on. I got noticed that. I want to be like, where do you shop? Because I have never not seen just a perfectly, like, curated outfit yep. but the cutest looks like i saw he had like a green corduroy, corduroy. Mm-hmm. yeah like the corduroy mm-hmm. vest with mm-hmm. the matching wide leg pants it was just so fly i want to know ryan don't play ryan don't hit, play hit him up he'd love for you to hit him i'm up. legit gonna like, oh ask God, him right because he's just so fly all the time but yeah. anyway i'm in new york those of you watching i'm sorry it looks like i'm sitting in the dark <laughs> <laughs> she black again, literally. <laughs> the window behind me is this whole wall is window, so I'm backlit, and there's no way for me to sit in front of the window because mm-hmm. there's nothing in front of there for me to sit on. I really need to. Well, she figure would have did it from the floor. I thought of it Give too. Give the hippie version. Nah, the mic. <laughs> the mic you would have to hold the mic up. This should be the episode where you're shady. Because since you have, you know what I'm saying? I think you should just say, like, just it is a shady blazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm in New York for the next, like, week Let's and a half. Yeah. 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 Welcome Let's home. Some work. Thank She's you. She's back where she belongs. Happy to be home. When y'all, uh, when we were recording earlier for some other stuff, I had a, <laughs> a egg and cheese on a roll. <laughs> You know, I was happy to be back home. But anyways, Asante, what about you? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. I got to spend it with a bunch of Virgos. Um, oh, that's We went right. to Jay's to celebrate Crystal and still Jay. Yes. Gordy was there too. So it was just like a bunch of Virgos in one room. Virgo season. Uh, I hate we was I watching the game. That. I was in LA. Otherwise, you know, I'd have been right there. It'd have been an Aries. I wanted some of that cake. That cake looked good. Oh, yeah. The cake was good. Drinks was good. Food was good. Cake was good. Friendship, fellowship was good. Oh, um, I miss y'all. The game was good. Y'all know I'm just like a casual sports watcher. I was tired as hell just because I had been up super early. I'm trying to become a morning person. Like this, hence the, that text message uh, conversation. No, we why did I text <laughs> Asante and Dustin? Right, mind you, I'm back home packing. It's like four in the morning. I text them just to ask about a schedule shift, and they were both up. I was like, why the fuck? Y'all text like, hey, yeah, yeah. that works. I was like, what? Yeah. Why are y'all up usually, at four in the morning? Usually, I'm. See, usually I'm up at four in the morning, like still having not slept, but I was up at four this morning because I had woke up at like like two, three o'clock. So I was like up. I'm like, all right, well, we starting the day at this point. Oh, hell. You know you're I would be them. crashing out. Because well, I only need four or five hours. If I if I take a two hour nap, it fucks up my whole shit. So I was like, you know what? Now that I'm like really trying to like learn this and hone this in, trying to do the morning thing. So again, I was tired, but I was watching the game and I was falling asleep during the game because I was sleepy. But it was a good ass game. <laughs> that shit was crazy. I was like, I heard. Wow. I saw everyone yeah. going crazy on Twitter. Wow. Sure. But yes, that was my weekend. What about... uh? Uh, you friend what about your weekend did, well did you talk about what all adventures you got into i mean i was um headed here so a lot of packing and prepping and 
Um, just a lot going on this week, so I was trying to just get my mind right. I've told y'all this gets a little bit challenging because I've carved out such a quiet, little peaceful bubble where I am now. And mm-hmm. so when I have to come in for like these long stays of just work for two weeks, it just can mm-hmm. be a little bit overstimulating because I just like having to pack, having to prep, having to make sure you're organized, especially when you're gone for that long. Like, don't have everything I need. And then we have to also record all our shows mm-hmm. and do all the Patreon stuff. It's a lot to juggle. So. Just mm-hmm. trying to keep my nervous system. Trained you. <laughs> I just want to take a nap. I'm so overwhelmed. But we here, and it's going to be a great week. <laughs> Amen. Right? Um, I love your Dustin, positive outlook. Trying to hang in there, brother. You mm-hmm. actually had the black business of the week for us, right? Here we go right here, baby. <laughs> and it's coming live from Essence.com. Give it up one time for Jillian Anderson and Divine, or Devin, excuse me, Devin Starks, who launched the platform Come to on, demo- Divine. Okay? Divine <laughs> Devin Starks, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to crack the other, <laughs> the joke that goes with that, because it's just inappropriate right now. Please, so they launched the platform. <laughs> yes. Um, Her Ride, which is the ride share app for women by women to That's democratize cool. transportation tech for women. OK, now this is a great thing here. OK, you guys, um, this was birthed in March 2020 with the mission of prioritizing the safety and empowerment of women built with the needs of women in mind. They aim to improve the lives of women everywhere through safe transportation job creation and financial security the website reads it's herride.com baby h-e-r-i-d-e.com and you can choose it's available for service in atlanta georgia and athens georgia right now so if you are in the atlanta area and i know it's a lot of women in atlanta that listen to us because you showed up so beautifully in support of our live shows in atlanta so you use ride share apps uh, for transportation, this is a black woman-owned service that is focused That's on fire. Yes, Ooh. women I hope drivers they continue to expand. Right, female-friendly women drivers. Um, focused on uh, preserving the safety of women uh, riders. So this is definitely something for you guys to support. Much love to um. Okay, Julian. The founders. Fine. Yeah, Devin and Jillian. <laughs> uh, you can go to h e r i d e dot com. It's herride.com, dot com. One r. Not two. Thank you. Let's jump into this week's re or last week's recap. Last week's mm-hmm. episode titled The Friend Contract. Dustin had us discussing <laughs> pop culture topics that examined friendship dynamics. And those of you listening had a lot. <laughs> Sante's already laughing. A lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? Well, a lot of you stood out to me in the comments, uh, some of you because of the episode and some of you because of the side comments in the episode, <laughs> such as Ballhead Queen here in the Patreon streets. Ballhead Queen's comment says, babies have strong jaws. My son <laughs> clamped down on my nipple while feeding and I almost popped him in the head. <laughs> they also don't care about anything and will move all kinds of ways with your nipple in tow. I wish I could attach pic- pictures of how my kids have used my titties up. <laughs> and Shayla Hampton comments right under and says, right. I was listening like, woo, if Dustin only knew I had to get the nipple shields and linoleum to numb them after my daughter tried linoleum. to rip them off. <laughs> <sighs> and they both had a bunch of laughing emojis after their comments. I thought that those were hilarious. Um, Dustin, you and the latch comment. Very funny. Very funny. Uh, what about you, friend? What did you find out there in those streets? So I, too, was in the gated community. Sheldon Williams said, I agree. 
with what Asante said. I could never be able to vouch for someone's character in a situation like that. Being a survivor of sexual assault at the hands of one of my family members, you can never mm. honestly know what someone is capable of. You are only subject to part of someone's character, and we all know people are multifaceted. It also mm -hmm. speaks volumes how people are so willing to support those who committed such heinous crimes privately but won't publicly support them because they know the backlash they would face. It makes me give them the side eye even more. And mm. that's what I'm saying. That would just be, ugh. I'm just thankful that it just hasn't been our reality, you know? And and yeah. I it even us discussing that last week made me really think about that a lot, you know? Like, mm -hmm. what would happen if one of your friends came to you to tell you that, you know, they had been accused? Like, I would still hear them out because it's my friend. And at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I think you should still hear your friend out, you know? But... Saying whether they did it or not, that's when it starts getting tricky because like this comment said, and like we mentioned last week, you never really know anybody, you know, just because mm -hmm. you know someone one way doesn't mean that everyone has experienced them the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds so funny. Because <laughs> you keep it real. All of that was real. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you, Dustin Ross? What'd you find Holy in those shit. Twitter yeah, yeah. streets? Your Twitter comments just hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you smoking? But anyway, um, <laughs> so I want to give a congratulations to a couple of my friends, right, who are doing the damn Aww, thing. Shout out it. to, and they tweeted about it, so I feel like this is the perfect place to do it. Shout out to my girl, Claudia Jordan, who was happy to share that her movie, Dear Frank, will be airing on Peacock. Okay, September 27th, starring her, Brian White, Columbus Short. Um, mm. That's right. Mm. So, um, and my girl, Kiaria. So, is it a new twine with Brian White and Columbus <laughs> Short? No, so no, shout out to Claudia and congratulations <laughs> on getting your movie placed on Peacock, baby. Um, also, want to give a shout out to the incredible Gia Peppers. Much love to Gia Peppers. Hey, um, oh, Gia. Who, Gia, this was just announced in Variety. Uh, the headline reads, More Than That with Gia Peppers jumps from podcast to TV. Um, so Gia has a new show coming on Revolt. Shout out to my Revolt family. Much hey. love to Revolt. Gia has a new show coming on Revolt called More Than That with Gia Peppers. Uh, it is a four-episode run on the Revolt Cable Network that debuts this Tuesday evening. So shout out to Gia Peppers. That's so hey. exciting. Congrats, Much Gia. love to Gia. And that's on GP. Okay, <laughs> we're real. Gia, no, Gia Peppers. I, I told her that one time. I was like, you need to sign up. And that's on GP. And she was like, we, we was in the four season in Atlanta. It was a great time. Come on, Shout four out to season. Gia Much love. Much love to Gia Peppers. And if you want something, um, this person I feel like needs to be on Married to Medicine. I don't even know where she lives, but... <laughs> but this was so funny. This is a doctor. Her name is Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton. Shout out to Ebony J. Hilton underscore MD. Uh, much love to you, Dr. Hilton, who tweeted year 3.5 of this pandemic. And based on comments in my mentions, I now understand why McDonald's had to warn people that coffee is actually hot. <laughs> oh, my 
God, what? I said, no, if Bravo that's don't real. see this, that's, that's this is the perspective. Speaking of perspective, this is the lens that we need on that cast of Married to Medicine. <laughs> yes. So while y'all got Phaedra's vapid ass, you know what I'm saying, taking up space <laughs> on Married to Medicine, we need to highlight Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton, okay? Uh, she's in Charlottesville, Virginia. Shout out to you, Dr. Hilton. Beautiful doctor. <laughs> Much love to Dr. Ebony J. Hilton. Oh, yes. okay. like somebody get on the phone right. to her. Get here. We right. We need to do Married to Medicine, Virginia. Okay. There <laughs> okay. ain't shit to do but cook. That's what Pusha T said. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me this week. <laughs> that's what Pusha T said. Up, I'm from Virginia. <laughs> well, ain't shit to do but cook. I was like, yo. <laughs> You are so random. <laughs> so, do you guys have any announcements before we jump into this week's episode? No, I don't. I, had to <laughs> I don't think know why you. Looked- <laughs> I had to think and use my mind's eye to see. Oh, actually, I do want to shout out. Hold on, let me pull up my Twitter. Oh my. Um, I saw Marlene, Marlene Taylor, who was the host of Living for We. My mm-hmm. my buddy mm. old pal from Cleveland, um, yes. she tweeted out that we were nominated for best health and wellness podcast by the Black Podcast Awards, which is oh, so cute. Yes, award right? nominated podcast, the friend zone, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> for living for we, and that really made me so happy because oh no, living for we. I yeah, the friend zone. <laughs> See, when you said that, okay. My bad. Okay. And congratulations to Living for We. Yes. Okay, you. clap it up. Congratulations you know, lots of wellness, we, black yeah. wellness. But That's that right. really yes. made me happy because we're only one season in. Yeah. And I remember yeah. when we were recording it, I literally said, I was like, man, this show is so good. I feel like it's going to get so many awards. And remember, like, I think our third episode out, we were already on the splash page for Apple. Yes. And, and remember, we were on like Spotify as like hot new or whatever, you know, the stuff they put when you're a new show. But just really a lot of support. And that's just so exciting. I'm excited to see where this show goes as Y'all it continues hard to on grow. That. We Y'all did. Really so congratulations to Marlene Harris Taylor, who's the host and yes. executive producer, and Hannah Leach, who was the senior. Um, producer and then of course myself we did an amazing job I'm so, so I'm really happy thankful for y'all. that team thank you I yes, hope you win you will. Um, unfortunately it's not open to public voting it's like being voted on by some kind of board so fingers crossed it's only three we gotta shows sleep with the committee. <laughs> to get some dirt on the people that's voting and no, William you, didn't. Voting for, you better Do vote Trump for Trump style. Yeah. <laughs> it's only three shows in that category so i'm hoping that we win that because that would be well deserved and congratulations to everyone else Hell thank yeah. you I you put your put all that in that shit for real may the odds ever it be in did. your favor such a great show so that's that on that this is the friend zone did you know that most bedding is made with harsh chemicals like formaldehyde synthetic pesticides and toxic dyes But one company is changing that standard for good. Bowling Branch makes the softest, most luxurious sheets without any toxins or harsh chemicals. They use the finest 100% organic cotton that's traceable from family farm to your family home. Bowling Branch sheets have a natural, unmatched softness and get softer with every wash. You guys, these are the most luxurious sheets I have ever had. 
They're super soft. They're super like dope the way that they're embroidered. I love them. I feel like everybody should have them. They're probably the most high quality sheets you're ever going to own. I think they're probably the most high quality sheets I've ever owned. They're probably the best set of sheets I'm ever going to own, if I'm being honest. I might go back and get a whole bunch of other stuff because they have all sorts of bedding. Um, They have bedding and more, but the sheets are super, super, super dope, and you should all get some. Bowling Branch Signature Hem Sheets are a bestseller for a reason. I just told y'all. They're the sheets that get softer with every wash. They're made with the highest quality 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They feel buttery to the touch and are super breathable, so they're perfect for warmer weather. Bowling Branch Signature Sheets come in 10 versatile colors in all sizes, from twin up to California King. Bowling Branch Sheets fit the deepest of mattresses and are labeled with top and bottom tags, so making your bed is easier than ever. Best of all, Bowling Branch offers a 30-night worry-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better at night with Bowling Branch Sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code FRIENDZONE at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch. B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. That's Bowl and Branch. B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. Promo code FRIENDZONE. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Let's jump into this week's episode. It is an Asante production this week, and we're going in cold. We have Mm -hmm. no idea what you got planned. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. What we talking about this week, Asante? <laughs> this is an Asante production. My nizzle. Um, yes. So I did an episode on scammers, mm-hmm, and which really I don't good. know. Why everybody loved it so much, but the algorithm on my TV was going crazy. And now I've been watching body cam footage and stuff like that. Oh, no. All of that is irrelevant. <laughs> I was trying to think of what, yeah, I keep watching. Okay. I'm just going to take a really quick moment and then I'm going to do this and then we're going to do it and it's going to be done, right? YouTube will not stop showing me uh, like body cams. And I play, I game a lot. So like when I'm like gaming and me and Gordy, we play the same game. So sometimes we'll be playing the same games and our YouTube's be playing shit. Mine is playing that. His is playing like whatever the fuck. It must be listening to music. Anyway, the algorithm has been showing me uh, police body cams when they're like apprehending suspects for shoplifting or murder suspects in stores or uh, couples uh, using... Uh, having domestic disputes, but then there ends up being something else going on. Um, there was an eviction video I was watching. Uh, just, I can't stop watching the body cams. I don't know why. It's actually pretty interesting because uh, these are situations where they're not like, where these are just regular ass cops, not like hating ass cops, or at least in these situations. Um, anyway, I said that I did not mean to talk well, about it any sound, of that. Well, it kind of sounds like that show Cops that was on for so, I don't even know if it still yeah. airs, but it oh, sounds like cops. similar to oh, that. Lord. It's like Cops, but instead of it being like the actual cam. camera production value it's just the body mm-hmm. cam and they literally will fast forward through like you know uh, personal information and stuff like that but they'll show like there was 
Okay. There were they uh the cops got a call that there was an apartment being having a party, but it was supposed to be a vacated apartment. So they show these cops walking up, and there's this girl literally in the hallway walking with like a pan, and she's like, I cooked up something good. And they were like, Okay, uh, you know, are you in that apartment right there? And they were like, She was like, Yeah. And they were like, Okay, well, that apartment's supposed to be vacant. And she was like, Oh, okay, um, well, I'm gonna go in and get the owners. And they were like, Yeah, you should do that. She's like, I'll be out in five minutes. And the cops <laughs> like, Five minutes. And then they heard like uh, the music being they turned down, running. the people in there. <laughs> they heard. First of all, there was a lot. There's a lot of stuff that happened in this damn video. They heard uh, her locking the door. One of the cops was trying to donkey kick the door open. And they were like, no, nah, we hear the deadbolt. We hear the deadbolt. Then somehow or another, they ended up going around outside because this was in Atlanta. Um, and it was in one of those neighborhoods where, you know, the patio be on like the first floor. So they went around and you see people like hopping over the patio, exiting the apartment. <laughs> And then the cops enter the apartment and they're making sure it's empty. And there's like tables and ch- you could tell people had moved out, but like still they were having, I guess, their last turn up in that bitch or whatever. They were going through the apartment trying to make sure it was empty. A nigga was hiding in the closet. They had to pull this nigga out the closet and ask him why the fuck he was hiding. <laughs> it was just a whole out. bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> right. What a way to come out the fucking closet. No, wait. But um, before you move on, did y'all see, <coughs> excuse me, that clip of the cop? I don't know if he ran the young girl over mm-hmm. or if he witnessed it, oh. but he was talking about her and laughing. Yeah, and it oh, was no. the oddest thing. Like he was laughing about the fact that she had been, as she had just been killed at like a crosswalk. That's it was cold. like a young Indian girl. Y'all didn't see that? I did. He said she no. was worth eleven thousand dollars. He said she yeah. had a low value. That's what he said. He was like, she's twenty six and and was of low use or low value. Mm-hmm. Something so strange and cracking up. And then you see the moment he realizes that the body cam was on the whole time. You see his hand reach to turn it off because he was like, oh fuck! Like I said, all that shit. Why would you recorded. ever even feel some shit like that? That um, was. It's just one thing if, you know, if if somebody has done something horrible to deserve some language like that. But just to to speak that way over somebody who didn't deserve it, who's dead, mind you. A young girl. A young girl. That 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 man is a literal demon. And I hope he gets whatever's coming to him from the where them ladies that went and threw their lorries in the water in Montgomery. (laughs) We need them just to throw a dark. Bit on it's him. scary, but it's anyway, right that here. just that made me think of that because it just happened this past week. That that is un that it's just unspeakable, unhinged. Yeah. Oof, well, uh, the, the cop videos I've been watching ain't been that bad. Thank the Lord Jesus. Um, but back to something. Well, I was about to say something a little bit lighter, but we still talking about scamming. Uh, the last time we talked about scamming. There was a thread that was pulled on a particular scam, and I know you all wanted more information on it. So even though this is kind of a part two to the episode, this is really going to be a part one about this scammer. This is going to be about um, the large scam that they had, and then part two, which we will uh, come back to in November. I will have that prepped as part of my homework. Uh, <laughs> we'll conclude the series of this particular scammer, because that is how um, crazy this nigga is. But <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to lay it out for you. <laughs> Well, we're we're, talk, we're telling the story about the two hundred forty-two million dollar airport scam. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go into BS high. <laughs> no, but see, I wanted to do a little bit of, of everything, you talk but I was about like, a scam. But yo, yo, 
I, I have this. I wrote this out like a movie because even though this was fucked up, I want to see this in the form of a movie. One of the YouTube videos that came up was, um, you know, before Hush Puppy, which was a, a popular Nigerian scammer. And I feel like the last time we talked about scams, we talked about scams first and then the, the Nigerian second. So I want to talk about the Nigerians first and then, you know, some more scams second. I want to just leave the Nigerians out there like that. But <laughs> today we're only going to have time enough to talk about this one Nigerian. Let's just start it off from the beginning of this particular scam. Picture this. It's 1995. We're in Brazil. We're at the Banco Noresto. No, no, no arreste. Excuse me. So there's a manager by the name of Nelson Sakaguchi at the Banco. Um, he's there. He's minding his business. <laughs> Again, he's at the Banco in Brazil. It's 1995. You know, he's sipping lemonade. He's watching bitches. Bitches is asking for days off. He's not giving it to him. Looking at accounts, doing whatever he got to do. Because I really want to see this as a movie. So that's why I'm narrating it like this, right? So Sakaguchi gets a phone call. And it's from some nigga in Nigeria. The Nigerian government is calling him. It's actually the governor of the central bank. The central bank is the highest financial organization in the country, and they actually control all of the banks and they determine financial policies. They control the outer banks. Uh, the outer and the inner banks, and the underbanks and the overbanks, okay? <laughs> so the banks. The banks, banks, banks. So the governor, um, he's telling he's telling Sakaguchi in Brazil, he's like, hey, you know, I know you're at the bank down there in Brazil. We're planning to build an airport out here in Nigeria, Abuja to be exact, the capital. And we're looking for investors for this airport project. And it's going to cost around $250 million, you know, give or take. But, you know, you got to be quick with this. This is something we call everybody about. So, you know, if you're interested, you better jump now. And the manager is thinking like, well, damn, you know, 1995, you know, he minded his business at the bank. But he worked at the bank. He'd been working at the bank for a minute. I think he was uh, at, at this point. He was in the bank maybe uh, 12, 15 years. I don't remember. I'll let you know towards the end how long he was at the banks. Um, but he's been at the bank for at least 10 years at this point, 10 years plus. So he's looking at this opportunity to invest in the airport. You know, depending on average size airport, I could get a return on my investment in maybe one to two years. And also he's working at the bank. So this investment is not his money. It's the bank's money. So Everything he's saying, it sounds good to Sakaguchi, who is just minding his business in Brazil before he got this phone call. So the manager is trying to really think to himself about what the governor is telling him. But the governor in Nigeria also says, by the way, you get a $10 million commission for mediating this deal. You're going to help us get this $250 million for this project. And you also going to get a $10 million commission, you know, just for doing your thing, whatever your thing is. The Brazilian bank manager is like, all right, cool. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Bet. The person that, that the manager is talking to is, uh, or the governor of Nigeria, this is Emmanuel Nwud. The last name is spelled N-W-U-D-E in the event that I'm missing accent or just mispronouncing that altogether. The actual governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria at the time from 1993 to 1999 was Dr. Paul Oguama. Well, where the fuck was he? Whom Emmanuel was impersonating. <laughs> he was doing, he was, he was, you know, at work doing what he was doing while Emmanuel was wherever he was scamming. Pretending to be him. How did he let this happen? <laughs> how did he let this happen? Well, let me just tell you a little bit about Emmanuel and we'll see how he let this happen, right? <clears throat> Emmanuel was already, well, he was obviously already working in, in banks. That's why he has so much knowledge, I guess, of how to, you know, play this mind fuck with old boy. But he was a director slash bank manager um, at a union bank of Nigeria, which was a private bank. 
But um, he was already, you know, kind of doing well, but he wanted more money. He was like, you know, I'm making money, but I want some more money. I so he, he put together <laughs> a team of five people from his circle of, you know, familiar financial people. So they weren't just regular bankers. They were working within the government systems as well. So they had a pretty good idea of what looks good, what doesn't. <laughs> what right. Right. Not only did they understand like how everything worked, but they understood officials and titles. So they knew exactly who to impersonate or what to say or how to like proceed with doing certain things. Right. I'm so it's impressed like, so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of these accomplices were later on named in the, uh, the uh, in the lawsuit after, you know, things finally came to a head. But that's going to actually. Damn, who flipped? Well, <laughs> It was rumored that one of them flipped, but they was later assassinated. Well, there was oh, a, allegedly uh, there was an accident, and they, they believed the accident was an assassination because <laughs> they thought he was going to flip. So they end up flipping the car. Loose lips sink caskets. <laughs> and, and mind you, there was like like I told you, it was like five. I believe the six part the sixth person was a person that passed, but there was like a couple. Like one of them was like a a, a wife and husband duo. Ooh, it was there was keeping Bonnie it in house. Yeah, you know. But Emmanuel ain't had no uh, no uh, Bonnie. He was just, you know, doing all this shit. He was running everything. Blue face. So, oh my God, why does it always come back to Blueface? <laughs> anyway, because they all worked in the banking sector like Manny, I'm going to just call Emmanuel Manny from here on out because I feel like Manny, you know, like, that's the name of somebody that I hated. And since this nigga scam, that's what I'm going to call this nigga. Um, so Manny had his team that was off in the banking sector. They knew how things were supposed to work. So they all knew how to impersonate people. So what they did first was they all they drafted this letter. They made it sound real professional. And this letter basically was impersonating some imaginary person in like the Department of Aviation or Finance. But basically, they was impersonating this person in this letter and they were faxing. They were sending out this fax to a bunch of commercial banks internationally. So all around the world, uh, banks are getting this uh, this letter and uh, basically this letter saying that Nigeria wants to build an airport. Not only were they sending out this fax. They had to connect to a fax machine in, in a government office somewhere. So I don't know if somebody's baby mama or one of the, the cousins or husbands was supposed to uh, fax this letter out at their job. But somebody was going to work at the government office or somebody's job with a visitor pass at the government office and sending out this letter to all of these international companies, making it seem even more legit. So you got the right language. It's coming from the right places. So people are believing this offer when it comes in. Um, speaking of people. Sakaguchi was one of those people that got the facts um, in Brazil when he was chilling before he got that phone call. So when he got that facts, um, basically talking about how they wanted to start this airport, he was like, you know, I'm into that, but I need to know what's going on. I, I need to have some more information. So then Emmanuel called him and that's when they had the conversation. And he's talking about the $10 million bonus. And um, he was like, all right, cool. I'm down for that. But um, I want to meet, you know, we should meet. And then Emmanuel was like, well, Manny, Manny was like, no, nah, um, you know, uh, it's a confidential project and it's not coming out for, you know, we're not going to start building for at least another four or five years. So it's like catfishing um, when they'd be like, oh, my FaceTime don't work. Well, so Bingo that's what I thought friend. was going to happen. Right. That's what I thought was going to happen. But it was it was catfish the other way, because um initially uh, Sakaguchi was like, we should meet. Either you should come to Brazil or I should come out to uh, Nigeria. And he's like, you know, I don't want no tracks, but, uh, you know, we can meet. And then Sakaguchi was like, you know what? I, in a week, I got to be in London. Why don't you come meet me in London? And so then Manny like, you know what? Bet we can meet in London. Child. What year was this? 
1995. Okay. That's why I said I need to see a movie about this. Like, I'm this, surprised there isn't one because that was such to, a scam. Yo, a whole airport? A whole airport. This is what I don't get. If there's a conversation going on where all of these mega powerful banking institutions are getting this information about Nigeria from the government that they want to build an airport, that conversation is going to circulate. So no matter how the, no matter like who they have on the inside of the fucking government administration, people are, the people in the positions, you know, the powers that be are going to be talking about that. So why didn't this make its way back to the real fucking, um, you know, governor, whoever the fuck he was impersonating. Right. He's like, they got me mad as fuck because how did this shit happen? And where, right. what you say the other nigga's name was? Where was he? The real Which one. Doctor who? Oh, Dr. Paul Guama. Where are you, Paul Guama? Paul <laughs> Guama. I'm saying that properly. Well, um, they agreed to meet in London. So Manny decides to get the crew together so they don't got to push the facts no more or whatever right now because, you know, they caught them a fish. They they had to hook mm-hmm. somebody in. <laughs> they get together. They figure out who's going to play who. Remember Manny, he's playing Dr. Paul Aguama's role. So he's the government of the central bank. Somebody decides that they're going to be a deputy governor. And then we also got one of the uh, people playing a director in the Ministry of Aviation. I know this is back in the day, but they didn't have a directory, a government directory <laughs> well, with, a, with a picture in it. I know no, you couldn't Google back then. But everything like, was done in a paper system or, you know, the computer screen was still black and white back then in 1995. Because well, there was a Windows 95, I think. So, you know, this was just book. coming in the color. <laughs> a yearbook. Yeah. I, I, look, I guess it like I guess you could still get away with saying you were somebody and operations and being somebody else. <laughs> Baby. They all look, these people they had an operations manual and they picked out titles from this manual because they again they decided to be a director in the Ministry of Aviation. So they were picking titles that was like you know, financial titles, somebody that wanna, you know, build an airport, somebody that gotta, you know, do permits. Like they were making it seem legit or yeah. pretending. So they all picked their roles. Um, I think even somebody's wife played one of those roles or something else. They got their lot together. Um, they got their hands on a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if half this stuff, like some of this is dramatized. I'm going to be real with y'all. Like some of it is what they said, but I dramatized a lot of like how I wrote it. So, you know, they got their lot together. <laughs> they got they got some things. I said they got some airport schematics, you know, because what they did was they scouted like a, uh, or they got information on the location of where the airport that they were not going to build ever was going to be. So, you know, they had to get all types of papers and stuff to look some sort of legit, you know, when they met up with Sakaguchi. Ciao. They got they went to a hotel. They got an expensive suite. Um, they had Sakaguchi picked up in a limo in London, even though he was there for a different job. So but they picked him up in a limo, brought him to the suite. Um, it was basically a five star scam because they was trying to wine him and dine him. So when it was feeding him, they BS, you know, it looks like he's in, in the lap of luxury or they look legit. They look like they know what they're talking about. And they all had their roles to play and they were playing them very well. They all introduced themselves um, and Emmanuel. He basically took the lead and he ran Sakaguchi through the plans of the airport and he reiterated (laughs) wanting to keep the project confidential because it's not going to start for another four to five years. Sakaguchi was like, that's cool. You know, we'll send the money whenever y'all start in four to five years. And that's when the man was like, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, four to five years, you know, he's trying to stay. He's trying to be out. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I need that right now. Um, he basically was like, we need the money now. We need it up front because we got to start hiring companies for tools and materials. Um, 
and finally Sakaguchi finally started to feel a little something suspicious. But then <laughs> my notes are so ridiculous. I was like, but Manny was pressure. <laughs> I don't know why I put that. He told Sakaguchi straight up. If you aren't comfortable with this project, it's not a problem. You know, when people like guilt you, he was like, it's not a problem. We have a bunch of other investors interested, but you were the first one to respond and you were so excited about the idea. And like I said before, we want to reward you with $10 million for completing the deal. But again, if you aren't comfortable, we can find other investors. Sakaguchi was feeling that pressure and he, he said, you know what, even if I did agree there's no way that the bank's management would accept this offer because there's no way in hell that the bank's going to be like, yeah, let's give these people money before uh, anything. Sakaguchi's initial thought process, well, to me, was it's going to take a year or two to get a return on this investment. So now we're moving this four to five years down the road and they want some of this money up front. So basically you're getting a one to two year return in seven years plus if you get a return on it, well, which you're not because it's a scam. Anyway, um, he said he wasn't going to, he wouldn't even be able to get his uh, bank management to accept the offer. Um, and Manny, he told him straight up, he said, that's his issue. And he has to resolve that. Yeah. I that's- feel Manny on that. Like, well, I don't know him like that. I feel Emmanuel on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, hey, what are you doing here? If since you so powerless, you weren't powerless when you was eating that steak. And riding in that limo, we sent your ass. You know what right. I'm saying? Him Why are you here? And who's the nigga that's got the keys in? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what's going well, on? Manny, Manny was hitting him with the what's going on. And he basically told him, he's like, that's your issue. And if your bank isn't ready for this opportunity with us, again, there's many, there are many other banks. And then Sakuchi said, nope, you can count on me. We're partners on this project. He lapped up all the BS. And he agreed to the $242 million investment project, which, again, it's not it wasn't supposed to be starting again for another four to five years. Um, and before Manny even left, I mean, before Sakaguchi even left London, after the meeting, they had, uh, I guess, more conversation. And uh, well, Sakaguchi ended up giving Manny three million dollars as a deposit before he left London. So Manny and the team, they, they came to London and knocked this meeting out the park because they got three million dollars off of it. Order deposit. Jesus. So Sakaguchi had already said he didn't know if his bank was going to clear this, but he somehow he didn't even leave London and he gave them three million dollars. I was so confused. But we're going to talk about uh, Sakaguchi a little bit more. See, this is the version surrounding Sakaguchi. I want to frame it this way, and then next week or uh, next time I talk about this, I'm going to talk more about Emmanuel. So that's why I'm getting on Sakaguchi and I keep wanting to call him Soguchi because I put him in my notes as Soguchi. But the gentleman name, gentleman's name is uh, uh, Nelson Sakaguchi. Nelson, uh, again, he left London. He paid the $3 million deposit. And this is in 1995. From 1995 to 1998, Sakaguchi continued to send Emmanuel money. But he never told management for three years. What? How? How did that fly under the radar? Such a big lump sum. What his job is, he oversees foreign transfers that are under $6 million. Um, if he had to get a transfer over $6 million, he would have to um, meet with like a board and then it would raise a flag. So what he was doing was he was sending transfers under $6 million through other countries and he was making sure that it was going through multiple accounts. And because... <laughs> 
And, and the reason that none of the other bank managers even noticed where the money was going, because following up on on funds was part of Sakaguchi's actual job. Oh, so also he, he was scamming. They might as well put him in on the, on the big contract. That's what I'm saying. Look, they need to use him. He, he told he, look, he told Sakaguchi is the one that told Emmanuel we partners on this project so he went back and he didn't even realize when he shook the hand of a scammer he he got the scammer gene I guess passed on to him because he went back to he Brazil. already was like that that's why he yeah, was interested like, in this no shit in the first gene. place they, did well, this. they was in cahoots and why would you even <laughs> want to do that much work you know what I'm saying? Like, like they talking about a ten million dollar commission. That's unethical, first of all, because especially you, for two hundred forty two million dollars. Why is the commission out? ten million? Like that, the math isn't even right. So you <laughs> like, know it's a con. He knew what it was, and he knew that he could do what he needed to do on his end to make it ha- happen enough for him to get his ten million dollar bag. And that's what he was doing. He was on to them. Go he ahead. He sure was that. okay, Pushaisty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, child. Um, he was sending them. The, he was sending the money to Emmanuel back in Nigeria, and Manny's crew. They were taking the money, and instead of just keeping it to themselves, what they were doing is they were because remember, uh, Manny's crew. They all worked in banks in the financial sector, so they all knew like you know we can't have this money in our our account, so we can't you know just be buying you know all the new new. We got to do some things with this. So they were investing in real estate and stocks uh, internationally. So. They bought some land, some, you know, they was, they was flipping them dollars. They was, you know, making it happen with that money. It was all good in the hood until, right? Because remember, this is three years. And mind you, this project was supposed to start in four to five years. So I'm sure this money <laughs> would have continued to roll. Because 242, remember he had estimated around 250. 242 is where we landed. So we could have potentially. All from him. All, this is all well look they didn't need to well, it doesn't say that he kept well, the water was running. places the water was running over there with him yeah so all he had to do this was his he literally had his one mark he didn't have to get greedy he said he wanted to be wealthy and you getting these six million dollar deposits every so often like you so wealthy at that point you got to figure out what to do it's like when you watch some drug movies and niggas getting so paid and it's like damn we got to hide this money and they be hiding it all over the houses in ridiculous places and shit like instead of doing that because they actually worked in the banks, they're like, all right, well, we got to invest in this stock or we got to go buy property out here. All right. Um, they, you know, over there, they don't have uh, laws on that. So we can do this shit. Uh, Swiss bank accounts or island uh, accounts in the Caymans or whatever, that type of thing. Well, again, everything was all good in the hood until Santander Bank. Are y'all familiar with Santander Bank? Mm-hmm, the red I mean, yeah. logo with the white. Yeah. Yeah. They have high ass rates. Well, <laughs> well, I guess part of the reason they high ass rates. Santander Bank comes along. They're looking at the bank on the rest the Okay, the Brazilian <laughs> bank. They was like, you know, hey, you know, we a Spanish bank and we want to look at y'all Brazilian bank. And the Brazilian bank's like, hey, you, you know, y'all are a bigger bank and you know, big bank take a little bank. And so they kiki, they laughed. They thought it was cute. So they decided to introduce the say, uh, you know, getting bought. So Banco was gonna get bought by Santander. And so what they had to do was they had to put together a committee of people from both banks. So, you know, everything could be fair on both ends to look at Banco's books and make sure that they know what the hell that they buying. This board, they were looking at the value of the bank, uh, of the Banco, Banco Noreste. And they found that a third of the Citibank's capital was missing. <laughs> a third? So hundreds of million dollars were just gone. So the, oh, the board geez. is looking like 
I don't know if you should buy this bank. Some of them looking like, where the hell is this money? Some of them looking like, uh, like, do I even want to work here no more? I don't know. Uh, that's why I said I want to see this in a movie. Like, I want to see, like, reactions and, like, how this affected people for real. Because this is fucked up. Like, like people, like, the bank has your money. Imagine you were banking with a smaller bank and you go to, like, make a withdrawal or you uh, withdraw and they're like, One of my biggest hey, um, <laughs> we ain't got no money. And it's like, I have money. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I like, I don't even know how they would even what they would have even done at that point. But that's why I said I want to see this in the movie to see like what this what effects were of this. Um, so because it's gone, finally somebody's like, oh, you know what? We gotta call Sakaguchi to fuck up in here. Cause Sakaguchi is his motherfucking job to figure out what the fuck's going on with the outgoing, you know, with the, the money going out. This nigga, the board of directors call this nigga in. This nigga comes in, he admits to them that he concluded a huge investment deal with the Nigerian government to build an airport in Abuja and that he transferred $242 million over the past three years without the board's knowledge. <laughs> so the bank asked him He's what the like, fuck oh, his yeah. problem was. <laughs> That's why I had to write this away. The bank asked him, what the fuck is your problem? Because, nigga, not only did you do this, but you ain't tell nobody, so it looks extra fucking shady. And honestly, I didn't see if it were. I mean, I know it came out later because, you know, they talked about it, but I, I can't even imagine how he presented this to them. Like, was he trying to seem like he was proud that he concluded this deal? Like he thought that it was still happening at this point. Did he realize he was in some real fucking trouble at this point? Because was he like, well, did, and also I get a $10 million commission. I'm sure he didn't say that shit. Um, anyway. And I'm sure was, he wasn't getting shit. <laughs> uh, uh, ain't no commission. Ain't no commission catching charges at that point um at, an investigation took place because uh obviously one has to uh an investigation from the side of the banco and and santander you know they still was with them they was like well we're gonna find out what the fuck happened to y'all money because you know we're still trying to buy y'all and you know we're gonna invest in all this and we want y'all and ultimately they you know spoiler alert they did buy them um i don't know what the name of it is today it's like who santander bought santander did end up buying the the banco why don't we ever see headlines about this and i didn't even know he was that old about this scam saucy santana no i knew you know what i knew it (laughs) I missed it. And I didn't even like, know he was that old. Yeah. And I didn't know he was buying banks and shit. All we see about him is running out of the club, you know, the <laughs> shit we'd seen. I didn't know that he, I knew he was a great rapper. I just didn't know and that kind of capital <laughs> investment, you know. Well, um, an investigation took place and basically the investigation traced those funds that uh, Sakaguchi sent out all over the place and tried to wash them accounts of different countries. Oof. All roads pointed back I to I mean, did he even try to, like... <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's just like he stole the money, then as soon as they asked somebody, he said, oh, I took all that money. And then they <laughs> went and got the money. Like, what, like... And then they get them... Were they able to get them get the money back? Well, here's where I'll leave you, right? Because they traced the money back to Nigeria, but for a while it was hard for anything to come of that because Nigeria had a weak, uh, they had a, a weak control over like their financial system. Over a, a lot of their like systems, they had weak control. There wasn't even laws in place over, you know, a scam, scams and fraud at the time. But um, it was basically a pain in the ass at first to get access to the identities of those people. Like they found out the accounts were in Nigeria, but then they couldn't even get access to who owned the account. So it was like, well, A, we need a fucking identities and B, you know, how the fuck are we going to prosecute these people to get this fucking money back? They were being stonewalled. 
until the Swiss got involved. The Swiss banks, you know, they were being sent the reports of what was going on. And the Swiss banks were like, well, damn, this is fucked up. And so they were telling Nigeria, they was like, bitch, y'all better give up them identities. We're not playing with y'all because, you know, we're going to cut y'all asses off. And then what the fuck y'all going to do? And then Nigeria's like, you know what? Sorry, niggas. And they gave up the names <laughs> and identities of the accounts that ended up getting that money. Because Nigeria, again, you know, the sister was a little bit weaker then. So, you know, it was a little bit more personal. Certain people, I guess it was easy to make some calls in certain situations. Um <laughs> Plus, uh, they stopped access to those accounts uh, for a while to the folks getting paid in Nigeria. And they, when they told the Nigerian banks that they had to cooperate and give up them ide- them, those identities, again, Nigeria folded. This is a bunch <laughs> of pussies. First of all, like everybody is, uh, is trying to get their cut off the top. Then as soon as the po- police tap them on the shoulder... Oh, never mind. It's what happened. Here, here it all is. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is these are the and this was a people. lot of money, man. They was moving. That's crazy to really think about. A the, third of the bank's finances. Oops. The the fraud was actually uncovered after December 1997 joint board meeting in which an official from Santander inquired why a large sum of money. Uh, well, it says actually here two fifths of Noreste's total value and half of their capital. So that's why it was a third, probably. Um, and half of their capital was sitting in the camp, the Cayman Islands unmonitored. After that, the criminal investigations in, uh, began in Brazil, Britain, Nigeria, Switzerland and the U.S. And to guarantee the sale to Santana, uh, the families, the owners of the bank, they paid the two hundred forty two million dollars uh, bill themselves. Ain't that fucking crazy? Um, yes. They, they, anyway, because again, it was so hard to get that money back. Um, again, the bank, uh, it collapsed into, well, not again, but uh, the bank ended up collapsing in 2001. And I think later on is when the Santander was like, hey, when they bought them free or uh, cheaper. But there was a larger thing at play here. I know Dustin was asking where the governor, the then governor was. And I wanted to get into all of that because there is a lot of uh, fraud and or there's a lot more fraud. And again, uh, uh, potential assassination and some payoffs. There's like juicier parts of the story that come along with this. So that's why I wanted it to be a two parter. But I want to give you the backdrop of more information on the two hundred forty two million dollar airport that was purchased, <laughs> but never actually built. And we've done the bulk of that on this episode. And I will give you more details on what happened, what transpired with Sakaguchi, Emmanuel Nwood, and his crew, and uh, what's happened with everybody today on a later episode. And he got the money, you said, right? Like, he got away with it? For a while. Dang. I mean, he's I mean, pretty, pretty, I look him up. He's, he's real gangster because I, in the next part that I'm going to talk about, he actually, in some weird way, like I, I, that's why I have to like break down all of it because there was it's the system is corrupt for real over there. But the nigga was basically trying to barter how much of that shit he was going to pay back <laughs> until shit just kept happening. When he was actually being charged and uh, tried for these crimes, this nigga was uh, tampering with the jury. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, not. Like, yeah, like this, right. look, uh, amongst other things. So that's why it's like there has to be another part to this. And right. I want to be able to talk about all of that uh, at another time. I'm going to start it off with what happened to Sakaguchi, because remember, he was acting like everything was all good in the hood with him at the board meeting. But we're going to pick up with Sakaguchi and then get back into a manual on the all next this, time that I do this. All these Saka I trust is Joya. 
<laughs> Here you go. It's because she's on the quarter. <laughs> so that does it for this week's main uh main what is it? You the know hot what? button. That'll be that'll be um the title. Only soccer I trust. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Joaya. <laughs> a yes. real bitch. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Soccer Joaya was <laughs> a real up. one. <laughs> Work hard. You know what I'm saying? Cause the sisters are doing it for who? The Joel, the Joel. <laughs> yeah, so that does it this week. What are you guys' thoughts on everything? Would you, if you were in, in Sakaguchi's position, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just so, I mean, hey, if that's you how say you, you get it, be, get it. But, but that is massive. Again, that is such a massive scam to play with. It was 1995 and things were different. So you get this fax on this like, official letterhead. But right? uh, you, but was, let's say what? you have sixth grade, 13? seventh grade. Yeah. Let's say you just having <laughs> right. coffee, standing next to the fax machine, and then a fax comes in like, hey, Abuja, capital Nigeria, trying to build an airport. We looking for some money. And you know what? You're like, you know, I want to help some niggas out. Shit. Mm-hmm. And it's on no official thanks. letterhead. Right. I think he just, there was more due diligence that I was just kind of wondering about because I don't know what the times were, but like, you know, there's no government officials you speak to or it's, it's just you going to meet these people. Like, it's not like a, a three to five people meeting per person. Let me tell group. you something. Like, so let me tell you something. <laughs> this may have been 1995. I had to Google this before I went on and opened the chamber real quick. This may have been 1995, <laughs> but in 1978, Kenny Rogers came out with a song called oh The Gambler. God. Okay. And in that oh song, he said, you got to know when to hold them, know when to yeah. fold them, <laughs> know when to walk away, know when to run. Okay. Now, he didn't already gave you the direction. Ooh. So if somebody called you from fucking Nigeria talking about, <laughs> hey, I know you work at this bank. You got access to money. We build the airport and we want you to give us all the money, but we ain't going to tell you shit about it. And we don't even want to see you in and person. And we can't meet. What? But then he agreed to meet them. They met in London. And then That's he wind and dined them. Up. I never would have agreed to meet nobody. You know what I'm saying? I never would have went. I never would have even talked. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have responded to this we damn had call. To have, I would have had to have like two lawyers. Like we talking about you, y'all building an airport and we the bank. And we talking about how, like how many hundreds of million. Like there needs to be a whole board with me to have this conversation because this ain't something just my little management. He's at the, working at the bank. He wasn't even supposed to approve transactions above $6 million. Now he all of a sudden has an offer for a $242 million project on his his desk to facilitate. Like, what? Who is his boss? <laughs> I don't have the information. I'll get so it for Apparently, San, Saucy Santander Bank was his <laughs> boss. Cause they the ones who came in and checked them, boo. They bought it later. They, they yeah. found Judge, out. Look, Judge they found Santander. out when it was Santander. Santander. <laughs> Look, Santander found out when they was uh, prospectualizing this company. They was like, "Um, where this money at? What's wrong with this nigga?" I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode about this particular scammer. We're going to talk about him one more time before the end of 2003, and then we're going to be done with him. Potentially, I feel like this nigga is going to keep popping up because he popped up in like 2016 with some shit. Because this happened in 1998, and like the story just continues to develop, and I don't want it to be a Mystic Zone thing because I just want, you know, he is a slut from the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) A paid slut from the 90s. 
So remember when Portia said that to Kenya? Yes, always. <laughs> we'll never right, forget slap that. Slap from the nineties. It was so cute when she said it too. <laughs> that is crazy to say. You thought <laughs> that was cute? <laughs> the way she said it, she sounded so cute. Oh please, you are a slut from the nineties. Like she just sounded so like cute when she said it. I don't know. I appreciate it. <laughs> zona. Now we can bring in the wind chimes. All right, so let's bring in the wind chimes. So this week, I said that I was going to be discussing red light therapy. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Remember we had planned that, yeah. but mm-hmm. I actually want to wait because I'm not home. And for those of you watching on Patreon, I actually want to turn it on my Saluma Pro and show you guys what it looks like. Excuse me. I feel Sip like my you. that flight got my throat a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, that give me every mm. time. So what Fran is oh, saying while, she, ass air. while she's drinking her water, what Fran is saying is she's going to look like the silhouette challenge when she does it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. My tech is just a mess today. She gonna she gonna have that red light like they that. They said I look like on. I was in witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I do look you. like a true crime dog. Oh, it's okay. Oh my god, no. Life will get better. So, <laughs> I um I'm gonna wait because. It really is magical when you turn it on. It just looks so high tech and futuristic and cool. And I did not want to miss the opportunity to turn that on on Patreon. So we'll wait till I'm back home. All right. Um, which is basically the week after next. And it'll be my episode too. So I can just knock it all on one. But because we had discussed um, retinol, remember, mm-hmm. which got a huge response because a lot of you were like, oh, thank God I've tried retinols, fucked up my skin. Thank you for mm. providing. Um, an alternative option for more sensitive skin. And I also wanted to mention this uh, pro-retinol argan oil eye mm-hmm. cream Ooh. that I also, mm-hmm. I know, I right? I love me some argan oil, child. I hate that I'm in witness protection because you can barely see oh. it. No, we oh. can see that. Put, you, put your hand up. I can, I can almost make it out. Oh. I gotta, I gotta, there we go. Oh, boom. Oh, retinol. <laughs> I thought you were talking retinol. about the part of the show last week when we were complaining about our bills. And I was like, I'm sick of all my bills. Retinol. Oh, my God. Oh. I thought that's you what she was what? talking about. Go oh ahead, Dustin Ross. <laughs> so I told y'all that my skin, for some reason, has just been responding really well to these um, softer mm-hmm. encapsulated retinols. And I realized that Josie Marin, who I love, y'all know she uses yes. like incredible botanical ingredients, totally my wave. She has a retinol line as well. She has serums, body butters, face creams. 
Um, I haven't tried any of those because I feel I'm not like a skincare junkie. Like mm-hmm. once I have my routine, I kind of stick to it. I'm mm-hmm. very much like if it ain't broke, I won't fix it. Okay. <laughs> but um, I do like trying little things here and there for the most part. And I like eye creams I kind of switch out of. I use the Epanui, which I mentioned on this show before, that same brand that, that had the pretty kitty hygiene system yeah obsessed with her <laughs> that i also talked to you guys about i use her eye cream but then i switch out this retinol maybe like twice a week i'm okay. and an eye cream person I love i'm such an eye cream I know person I, I, I know i need it but like it's just I already be doing the contacts and be fucking my eyes so like i'd be scared putting creams and shit under there already like i'd be struggling I can understand with moisturizer that too, and shit so because some people cream, it makes their yeah. eyes burn because it's just a lot going on under the eye but for me I, I love eye creams i feel like it just adds something to it when i do my skincare at night mm-hmm. add the eye cream and in the morning it just looks supple I feel like it helps with the darkness. You know, a lot of us are experiencing a lot of changes under eyes, yes. especially from stress. Like Tasha um, K worrying about them $4 million. Oh she got to pay Cardi B. Gotta- <laughs> <laughs> or aging or whatever other factors are contributing to your face just changing. You know what I mean? But I want to tell you guys the ingredients. So I told y'all Josie Marin is known for her botanical ingredients. But what I like about this product, she has argan oil, which seals in the moisture. I just, my skin loves argan oil. I don't know what it is, Same. but it responds extremely well. I told y'all I put, I use the argan oil on my skin after my tans when I'm on vacation. Um, my face just likes argan oil. My hair loves argan oil. My so it's body. A, my body is just the oil that I can trust and rely on. Um, she also uses green coffee, which is what helps with the puffiness, if that's what you're experiencing. It's the caffeine in the green coffee mm. that kind of makes it puff out a little bit. Um, she also uses hyaluron. I always get that hyaluronic acid. Um, that's supposed to provide the hydration. That's another one that kind of can mess with people's skin. I've heard a lot of estheticians suggest it, but then people I'll see usually in the comments like, man, I fucked my skin up. But she uses encapsulated, (laughs) (laughs) similar to the retinol. (laughs) You got to be careful with skincare advice. Similar with retinol, um, this is an encapsulated version, which means, remember from that uh, episode two weeks ago, it just Mm -hmm. means that it's protected. So it's less volatile on the skin and better for people with sensitive skin. So if you've been looking for one that um, you can use, I definitely suggest checking out Josie Marin's retinol line. Um, and then lastly, pink algae serum from mm. a lake that she found, she discovered, not discovered, listen to me, a lake she discovered. <laughs> I mean, this woman Ooh. does it all. Wow. <laughs> from a lake she's clearly in partnership with <laughs> in Australia where they get pink algae. I had to look up like what the fuck are the benefits of pink algae? Because I thought we were supposed to say the fuck away from algae. <laughs> <laughs> I use I use a lot That's of products that have algae, either. especially um <laughs> your butt. Especially deep conditioners with algae are always really good. But this one, it's a natural source of vitamin A. Okay. So this is what brings that sort of youthful, dewy suppleness that your face will have, kind of like the your, the way your face looks after you use serums. Um so these are the like this the, right here. These are the ingredients she put together for this whipped, and it's whipped too. So it just goes, yeah, when you dab it. Yes, you dab it under your skin. It just (laughs) integrates really well into your skincare. So 
something that I think you should consider if you're looking for under eye cream. I do like that it doesn't give that stingy eye burning thing that can happen sometimes with eye cream, especially if you're someone that has tend to have like more sensitive, watery eyes, mm-hmm. especially when you're sleeping. Just a great product. Like I said, I only use it like two to three times a week. I mainly stick to the Epanoui uh, under eye cream, E-P-A-N-O-U-I-E brand that I swear by. But wanted to put this on your radar. I'm really just the Josie Marin line as a whole. Like, just go on the website, J-O-S-I-E-M-A-R-A-N.com. If you're someone that is more ingredient, wellness, and health conscious with your products, this is definitely a brand that you should consider. I'm obsessed with them. So check it out. And then in the next wellness segment, I promise that we will do all things red light therapy. And that's it. Back to you, Asante, Mr. Music Man. What you got for us this week? Well, um, I want to first start off by saying rest in peace to Irish Rinstead from the group. Oh, my God. Yes. That's so sad. She's that so young. That is sad. She was 43. only 43, which Man. is crazy. Um, That just was crazy to hear. And I just want to take a moment because I know we talked about her on that show. But we mm-hmm. talked about that music, which we loved. So I wanted to take a moment out to Much just respect. honor her. Yeah. And um, shout her out. Prayers to her family. And um, I hope she is somewhere with her twin right now, you know, enjoying herself. Oh, you know, because that was like a that was a, a thread on that show that I, like really stuck with me, too. I was like, damn, like she was a twin. So um, moving on. Katy Perry reportedly makes two hundred twenty five million dollars by selling her music catalog. Come uh, on. Gone, girl. Right? <laughs> um, Justin Bieber was the previous title holder of offloading his stake in his back catalog uh, in January for $200 million. So uh, she got him up at 25 mil. Uh, it's crazy. Um, she got some hits, though. Teenage, the Teenage Dream album what? has five, five Hot 100 <laughs> number one hits on it. <laughs> That and Michael Jackson. I mean, say um, what you want about Katy Perry, but them them pops records, undeniable. Undeniable. Teenage Dream is such. It's one of my favorite songs. I love that Same. song. Same. It's Teenage fun. Dream, yeah. Firework, California Girls, I Kissed the Girl, Hot and Cold. Like the girl had songs. Even mm-hmm. uh, I didn't damn, like Firework personally. I felt like it was chasing me. I ain't even, that song, it was like chasing you. They played it everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god oh anyway uh shout out to her that's bang and she does right hits so i'm not mad at it and you know uh i'd like some money shout out to you katie perry if you want to give me some uh in other news the vmas happened there were a lot of good performances i enjoyed uh your thoughts on the vmas i thought nikki was incredible her performance was incredible um of that new single that she did called Big mm-hmm. Difference. I thought that was great. Oh, I thought, yeah, this um, is the ballad. Yeah, well, no, that one is well, last time I saw you, which I, I appreciated that too. Mm-hmm. The the pop song. Oh, the preview of yeah. the... Okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, I definitely enjoyed thoroughly um, Megan and Cardi B's performance of Bongos. I thought they both looked beautiful. It was it was high energy. I really enjoyed everything about that. Those girls work really, really hard, and I like to see that. Um, and I really enjoyed Diddy's performance. Mary J. Blige looked beautiful introducing him, and Keisha Cole sang her face off. 
on one of my favorite songs. So I was very happy overall. Yes, Diddy was uh, honored for uh, Global Icon Award. Yep. Mm-hmm. Diddy received the Global Icon Award. <laughs> I enjoyed those performances as well. I also randomly, I didn't like enjoy per se. I enjoyed because I was like, what? Olivia? Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo? Yes. Yeah. I did. You know, I saw that the audience was into it. You know, I was I was feeling it. I was like, I, I understand the appeal. I get it. Now, am I going to go out and listen to the music and become a fan? I don't know. But, like, I get it. So, I like when I can just but watch things young. and get it. Yeah. yeah. I like when I can just watch things and get it. Like, when I see Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, I just be like, okay, girl. Like, when I saw Taylor Swift and Ice Spice, I was a little annoyed. But, like, you know, I was happy to Taylor, see Ice. Let me tell you, Taylor Swift had a motherfucking ball. She, she did. Fun All night long. To me. I think she'd she be having a good time. Had- a blast. All night long. And, and it felt a little creepy, to be honest. I felt like the <laughs> camera was, like, on her. Like, mm-hmm. can she chill? Can she let her live, right? Like, let her dance and party with her friends and have her drinks. But it's like they were just on her That's the whole time. And That's I thought annoying. that made her riff a little bit more. The way she was riffing her body. You know what? <laughs> what else is something? <laughs> The way she was doing, I, they made her do she that more because the camera white was girl, on. White girl, but she, club. but I do think she has a good time. I think she's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, let her do her thing. Like it is what it is. I see a lot of people giving her a hard time sometimes, and rightfully so. But in that case, I'm like, let her have a good time. She had a fucking award show. You know what I'm saying? In like, the middle of a tour, too. You let know, her party. So, she needs to let yeah. loose. Um, I forgot. Uh, I'm just gonna qu- quickly go through some of the performances. Because I watch uh, most, I watch everybody actually, I think, as I'm looking through everybody. Um, well, uh, um, uh, Doja Cat, I liked her performance. I thought it was very interesting. It's a, It was a VMA type performance, you know, like I like when people do stuff like that. Um, I do not care about Kelsey Ballerini. I'm sorry, that's not for me. I like that new, new, new Lil Wayne song. Yeah, good. Shout out to um, Lil Wayne. Shout out I, Karen Civil. Y- yes, I like that uh, Lil Wayne song, um, Cat Food. He performed that along with a medley of Back That Ass Up and Uproar. Um, ooh, I cannot say that. Uh, what Monoskin, is that their name? Uh, who? <laughs> Some, so there's a, a a rock group, or I don't know what they are. I didn't watch the performance, I'm sorry. But the Monoskin performed. They're, they're a high drama Italian rock band. Italian rock. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Was he topless, like shirtless? Yep, shirtless. And he had, he walking around. I don't know what's in his hand. Is it a, a film recorder or something? Oh, you know what? I did like that performance. I thought he was extremely talented because I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. And he kept me engaged the whole time. Well, so I didn't I watch. Did like Maybe it. I'll watch since you said that. Um, yeah, it Shakira. Was He's talented. Shakira oh, yeah. was honored with this year's Video Vanguard Award. For uh, avoiding Tiffany Haddish. That's what they gave her the award for. She was being so childish. God, people like that annoy me. The people that don't know when to let the bit go, there's nothing more annoying than that. Like that personality type makes me. (laughs) Which is exactly why. Let it go. No one's laughing. Yeah, she looked mortified. (laughs) Because she probably don't know who Tiffany Haddish is. Well, why are you screaming my name? And chasing me around. Well, Tiffany did that to Shakira, but Shakira uh, persevered. She still great, gave a great performance <laughs> and got her award. Um, Anita performed. I Anita like performed Anita. a couple times. I love Anita. I I didn't. 
<laughs> when she performing that, the first line of the song is like, oh. "I used to be a hoe, yes, mm-hmm. and I'm yes. not no mo." Yes, I was like, yes. "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. See, and <laughs> it's like so. caught me off guard. But see, last year she performed. Um, she she has a song called Involver, and she performed. It's like a slow sexual thing, and it's like a. Uh, she did like a slower song last year, so when she did something more fun and hoish, I was like, I was like, okay, then off rip. And then all the bitches was popping and shit. It was hot. And then later on, she performed with um a K-pop band. So it Anita was cool. is the shit. I love Anita. That Look, shit had me I would I would live for a remix of uh Bongos with Anita on it or some shit and watch all three of them hoes pop it because I was well, like, it makes sense because it's a Brazilian beat, so right. that this would actually saying. be kind of cool. Yeah, you know I'm saying throw Anita in the mix, but yes. <laughs> Um, lots of cool performances, lots of amazing <laughs> things happened. There was more music news type things that I should have talked about and asked about, but I didn't really want to. And so I'm just glad that we talked about the VMAs to fill that time. So now we can get ready to move into the listens lately, songs to play. Yeah. I want to know what songs that y'all have been playing and listening to, because that's what we do. And let's start with you, Fran. I know you've been traveling. Maybe you've been listening to something on a plane. What you got I for I have us? actually. Um, I discovered... Two new artists I never heard before, and they kind of popped up. I I was listening to Cleo Soul's new album, which please yeah. check it out. It's called mm-hmm. Heaven. It feels so good. Um, and you know when a song, not a song, when an album finishes, it turns into like the radio of that yeah. artist mm-hmm. saying playing songs that are similar. So man, it just put me on to so many new artists. I feel like I kept running to my phone to be like, who is this? Who is this? Yeah, and trying to catch them. Um, as I was cleaning my house this weekend and then I was like okay I have to play some of these new artists they're just so good there's an artist out of Kenya named Xenia Manase okay and she has a record called Soul Lovers she actually has a whole album called Love Hate part one and it's really good I was like so excited to be put on to her and when I went to look her up on IG we had so many mutuals (laughs) like Mm. Like India follows her, PJ oh, wow. follows her. So I was like, clearly I'm late, yep. <laughs> but I'm glad to have been but put I'm on. Here. But I'm okay. here. Thanks to Cleo Soul. So Xenia, that's spelled X-E-N-I-A. Manasse, that's M-A-N-A-S-S-E-H. And the song is called Soul Lovers. <laughs> She sounds so beautiful, and that record is just lovely. But honestly, the whole project is good. Um, and then I discovered an artist named El Mean. 
That's uh, spelled E L M I E N E. Mm-hmm. He has a beautiful record called Choose You. And this is how mm. it goes. I was underwater Feeling so ashamed I never thought I'd find a The girl that makes me safe Now I think I've fallen High into the light Never thought I'd find a mm, a girl that makes me smile. Mm, I'm sick and tired of chasing nothing. Glimpse of love that never stayed. Now the sunny skies are open. Can't believe I get to choose you, you. Out of everyone else, I get to choose you. Ooh, ooh. Out of everyone else. And that's a nice vibe. Mm-hmm. Very. Super chill. Hell I just yeah. feel like we're going into the fall, colder weather. I'm starting to listen to just the more like slow down, you know, sitting um in front of the fireplace with a blanket. But I do have my last song. Mm-hmm. So if y'all been hearing this, um, I hope I'm saying it, um, pronouncing it right. Because I looked it up and I heard South Africans saying Nike, but I also heard Nika. So mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is, but it's M-N-I-K-E. Mm-hmm. It's a I'm a piano. I'm a, I'm a piano. I hope I'm saying that right. Oh, I feel it's like a, I've heard this song. It's a, it's a South African genre of music. It's so bomb. Um, pronounced Amapiano, A-M-A-P-I-A-N-O. And this song's by DJ Maporisa, which we've played on the show before, mm-hmm. and Tyler, I mm-hmm. See You. Mm-hmm. And it's called Nike. And this is how it goes. <laughs> She saying nigga. <laughs> I'll be telling I all my friends. I actually saw a video. Did y'all see it of Candy doing 
of <laughs> Candy doing the choreography to this. A footwork, hell yeah. A footwork, yeah. She, I saw a video of her actually on Twitter. But yeah, this song has been hot all summer. Yes. Um, and and it took me forever to find. I was like, I always hear, but I didn't know what it was called and how to find it. And then I finally found it and popped up on the radio thing. So that's like just a fun. I got you. <laughs> that's just like a fun end of summer record. So those are my three for this week. I think there's some good range there. Yes. All right, Dustin Ross, what you got? What you been over there listening to? This song is called Baby Trying. It's called Wake the Fuck Up. They was blasting it outside my window the other day, and I was like, <laughs> what that is? That's the best way to know me. It's like, baby, baby trying. trying. I yell. So I'm just <laughs> The next song I'm about to play is called There I Go by Gucci Mane featuring J. Cole and Mike Will. Mike This is my uh, first of all. Let me just say I love Diddy's album, the Love album off the grid. Yes, <clears throat> can't I can't stop playing the album. Of Which course, song you gonna play? Y'all know my favorite song is Track 18. I'm not even gonna say oh, no geez. names. I'm just gonna play it. songs for the week i do want to give um an honorable shout out to um offset with his single fan 
I love that song. I love that video. I like video. his album cover too. Yes. Watch yeah. the video for that song. It's incredible. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it That's out. That's it for me this week. All right. Uh, first song I'm going to play is by Dame Dollar featuring Lil Wayne. This song is called The One. Take the jet to the west for a load and come back with a ton. Don't care what I spun and come how I came like a boomerang. Yeah, and that boomerang rung is two inches up. Watch face nasty as Freddy. The eight people get it, the road of the president. The diamonds don't straight out the face of the paddock. That gas 93, that's supreme. No, I let it move money, more problems, no lease on the rate. And I'm balling two, three LBJ. I'm right here, I ain't hiding, no needle, no hate. Dripping this hog gonna make me dehydrate. Get the back end, take it straight to the bank. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Got the Mac 10, the AK with the shank. Straight from New Orleans, stay in the sink. To my brother to chill, we gonna take over Forbes in a minute, just give it a minute. I done made well over 100 million. I barely the kid, but a kid with a billion. And I'm on the island, it's me and like six of them. Kissing them, I'm blissing them. I ain't sissing them. They sisters, I don't give a if they real sister. Yeah, got a bad. Yeah, so that's the one that was Lil Wayne. This song is by an artist named Killer G. This song is called Higher, and this is how it goes. In every way, I give my breath. Don't need no friend. I'm well on my way. Sativa on the table. Now I'm feeling grateful. Going higher, 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 higher. Just a beautiful song. You got some Very time. Pretty. I said that's a rotation. <laughs> Last song I'm going to play is also from Diddy's new project because it features uh, this particular song features Don Richard and Kalina, which make Dirty Money along okay. with Diddy, as well as Busta Rhymes. And, um, you know, I'm happy that Busta's there, but I really want another Dirty Money project. I don't know what I have to do to have it, but yeah, he needs to move out the way. And Buster can be on the project again, or this can be, you know, just part of their collection. On another song, because them niggas need space. We yeah. want dirty money, giddy dirty yes. money. Yes, I need more dirty money. But uh, this is the track. Are we off the grid. Let's go. Yes, that's Deliver Me. Oh, that is the that Dirty Money track featuring 
uh, Busta Rhymes, well, featuring Dirty Money, I guess, in Busta Rhymes. Um, and that is on Diddy's new project. Go check it out. Um, uh, just go listen to Deliver Me. That does it for the. I love that song. That does it for the Music Man segment. Now we can give it back to Dustin Ross for TV Land. What have you been watching, sir? Real quick, y'all need to tune into Love and Marriage Huntsville, the new season premiere. Oh, my God. um, This past weekend, and it was jam-packed with nothing but good-ass scenes. There was a scene, if you're familiar with the show, you are. If you're not, please do your Googles. Uh, um, There's a scene where (laughs) Kimmy and her husband Maurice are talking about her... um, waning sexual desire due to her her cancer diagnosis and some of the medications that she's had to take as a result of that and his lack of awareness sensitivity toward it and he just just watched the show he really let me down in that scene yeah and i think that maurice scott is smart i think he's a smart man he's an attorney by trade smart um but in that case he just lacked the the foresight to say you know what maybe not this maybe not right now and kimmy he responded, reminded me he was a scott kimmy she responded to that by telling him you know like you're bordering on being an ass like what you're mm-hmm. doing like i'm gonna now be offended by she was very much present in um making room for him and his needs as well as what she was her experience what she was experiencing it was just some real authentic genuine great reality television uh Thanks to Which the one is Maurice? The lighter like, one? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. Kimmy is his I wife. Remember, she battled breast cancer the past two seasons. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. There's tons of other stories that are a part of this new season that make it just jam-packed um, and full of gripping, riveting scenes. So watch Love and Marriage Huntsville. Um, uh, you know, that's it. That's all I want to talk about this week <laughs> for TV. Not that big. Everybody on strike. I watched um, the other black girl. Mm-hmm. Did y'all so I, see promo for that? I didn't watch it yet. I've seen the promo. I saw a promo. Yeah, it's on and Hulu. she was on Watch What Happens Live the other night. The author of the, the book. The lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, the author. Oh, sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the book is better, which I feel like usually happens with yeah, books and adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard a lot about this in like a silly way. Like people were like, oh, that's the show about haunted hair grease, you know, like people mm-hmm. cracking jokes. So I was like, I don't know what I was walking into, but I thought it was okay. It, it definitely is something that you'll sit and watch in one fucking fell swoop. I ended up watching the whole season and didn't even realize. Wow. Uh, oh, wait, is it the whole season? Maybe it's still coming out. I don't know, but I watched whatever available. I think it available. was probably the whole season because it's already yeah. what, like six or eight episodes out. Yeah, it's like eight or nine. Yeah, eight, yeah but mm-hmm. I watched yeah, whatever's on Hulu and it was definitely interesting. There are parts of it that if you've ever worked in corporate um, or in that world, you definitely f- feel connected to the storylines. Um, some of it was just like ridiculous, <laughs> but all in all, I think it's a good watch. Um, also, the cha- changeling, changeling, mm-hmm. the changeling. It's mm-hmm. not the a changeling. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to watch it because I thought it was horror, and it kind of still is, but it's not like gruesome. Yeah. Like yeah. there's some gory shit, but it's not the kind. Where it's what you're I like, thought from oh, was gonna no. be, but I forgot from is a little bit more than that. No, from was that's what I, that's I what I'm saying. That's forget. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, that's it's not saying. gory. Cut to a head. I forgot. You know, up I for, first so much of it happened already. I was like, oh, I forgot that happened. I no, forgot, that was just I forgot straight I up the way for that. This is creepy, and it's more of a psychological thriller. I still don't know what the fuck is going I don't on. Either. I'm you watched watch the fourth it. episode. 
Yes, that's the last. Was one that, that they the released. mama from Malcolm in the Middle? Because I could not find. I meant to watch the credits at the end. No, of the, I never watched. You know it. what I'm talking about? No. Cow. I was like, is that the mama from Ma- was that Frankie Muniz's mama <laughs> or Malcolm in the Middle? Because if it, I was, you, you know, I'd be high. I was having a whole moment like, what a pivot of character. Like, you know, but like she whooped that range. guy's ass. Yo, that movie. But anyway, that show was weird. I still don't know what's going on. I have no idea. It's about witches in Brazil or some shit. What the changelings? Yeah, the changeling. It's on um Apple TV. So if Apple you're TV, into it. some creepy psychological thrillers, and it's Lakeith Stanfield as the lead. Yeah, he played one um, of the witches. <laughs> no, nah, he trying no, to find no. out what the fuck the witches did with his yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. So well it's creepy, it, bro. but it's good. Definitely watch it. It's on its fourth episode, like Asante said. That's yes. it. I think that's the only like. Oh, and the O selling the OC. Is that Ooh, how you say it? Selling O. You watched it. Selling OC. I didn't watch the whole thing, Ooh. but the new season is out. So you know those of us that are. Wait, obsessed, how much? Of, how far are you? Probably like three episodes. Oh, two, child. Two episodes. That two, I, that Jarvis. I, it's something about that Jarvis I really fuck with, and she was reading bitches down this season. <laughs> like one girl. One girl was like, "I don't even know what that means." She was like, "I absolutely believe that you don't." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I heard the yes. title Selling OC, I thought it was a docu-series about old white male prostitutes. <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> and I love Brandy. I don't care. I, I, she can't do no wrong in my eyes. And I don't care about Alex Brandy's Hall. Cute. Alex Hall was only cast because she has the same uh, silhouette as Chriselle. No, you didn't. <laughs> she got. The, she wears that same color hair that Chriselle used to wear before Chriselle started switching it up. And I have money. Oh, now. that's what she's going by now, huh? Chriselle. <laughs> what, what was Chriselle her name? Michelle. No, no, not she. You All know right. what? Well, my, I <laughs> so said one last it. thing. Those are my three suggestions. Okay, last thing for me, Big and Brother watchers. Uh, shout out to all the Big Brother watchers. Um. I don't even know what to say about Big Brother. All I know is Sari was almost faced with a dilemma. Sari is the black woman that uh, from Survivor who's in the house with her son. And people don't know it's her son in the house. Sari's son has been playing a very terrible game. And to be honest with you, I want Sari to, evict- to at some point cut loss with her son. But What's her, her son son's is- name? Uh, Jared. Okay. Jared currently is the HOH and he's making moves and I have not caught up with the feed. So I'm not sure what's happening right now. I believe he has two people nominated uh, that he wants to get out. But he wants to backdoor somebody. I don't know if they've been backdoored. Long story short, Sari was planning for if he won, if somebody else won the veto and took somebody off the block, she wanted to sacrifice herself for her son's game. Her son has been playing terribly, oh, wow. and I just want to say, Sari, if this ever gets to you, you are you are a great mom. You are a, an amazing mom. <laughs> but you need and to I get really your kids. You talk to your son but about some of the things kids. he did. <laughs> really fuck those kids. Because I really hope that you talk to his ass about some of his gameplay because it was very messy. It was very rocky. He played worse than Felicia, and it's and- your fault because you his damn mama. And, and you, his mama, he didn't take enough notes. I'm so sorry. Well, and I don't blame you for real. Like, he just seemed like he Right, dumb. we just playing with you because it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Because at one point, he's like, I don't care if anybody going to tell me what to do, even if it's my own mom. But that's all. Big Brother, watch that. Foundation was re- a really great. Shout out to Dermazelle. And that's it for me. Oh, Foundation. Carl told me to watch that. All you got to right. watch well, Foundation. I'll, I'll try. Those apocalyptic it. shows, they just feel like they're all the same. But... Thank you for listening. We love you guys so much. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. (laughs) Bye.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.